Hello, this is Ron Powell, and you're listening to Fast Forward on the World Transformed. This program presents conversations with thought leaders who are shaping our future through new ideas and new technologies. In this edition of Fast Forward, Simon Bain, founder and CTO of Shield.io, and David Hicks, VP for ISV Cloud Business Development and Marketing with Oracle, join us to discuss one of the biggest challenges software developers face in this era of heightened data security and strict regulatory requirements. What if there was a way to test and develop new applications securely in the cloud with full access to data without ever having to decrypt it? Let's explore the future begins right now. Live to see it, friends, and welcome to the World Transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, a future that will be here sooner than you think. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and I'm pleased to welcome two very special guests to the program today. First off, we have Simon Bain. Simon is founder and chief technology officer of Shield.io. He is known for developing award-winning security and search applications, including an innovative parallel processing search engine. Simon has worked with leading banks to implement online banking platforms and payment processing systems, and he created the first online voting application to be granted security clearance for use on interactive digital TV in the UK. He's also a published author on security and e-voting and holds six security patents. Simon Bain, welcome to the World Transformed. Thank you very much. Great to have you with us. And we've also got David Hicks. David is Vice President of ISV Cloud Business Development and Marketing for Oracle. In this capacity, he's responsible for driving Oracle public cloud adoption with the Oracle Broad Partner Community. David also leads marketing focused on awareness, demand generation, and go-to-market activities with partners. David joined Oracle in 2006 and has been in his current role for the past six years. David Hicks, welcome to the World Transformed. Thanks, Bill. Pleasure to be here. Well, it's great having both of you with us. And uh, Ron, why don't you get us started? Sure. Uh, uh, Simon, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah. Um, basically, I've been a troubleshooter for large projects. Uh, going in when a project was looking like it was either failing or going over budget or more importantly, extending its time to an inordinate amount. Um, going in looking at a uh, fresh pair of eyes and coming up with a way of overcoming the problems that the, the project has housed. One of those being the, the online elections. Um, the incumbent had 18 months prior to the elections to get the platform in place. I was called in six weeks before the elections actually took place. Um, we went in, took over the, the platform, recreated it from scratch with a completely new look, new feel, and a new way of working and had it up and running within, well, within the, the first week. And then security cleared within another three days after that. So that's my background. And that's, that's why we're able to do what we are. It's because of the troubleshooting nature. I would think that concerns about that kind of thing isn't going anywhere, is it? That seems, seems like that's a, that's a problem, a good problem to have addressed and probably one that people are gonna be looking for additional solutions to in the, in the near future. 
Yeah, and it's one that seems to have come up again in the last six months. So, I mean, those elections took place back in 2003, I think it was. And and yet people are still looking at that as a as a problem. And that's because of the way that we all, we all now work. Back in 2003, the elections took place on the internet. They took place, although I wouldn't allow them, on mobile phones or with text messaging. Um, but even then... Systems were, while more open than they are today, they were less vulnerable than they are today. Um, yeah. And the reason for that is there were less people trying to get hold of your stuff. Whereas today, every Tom, Dick and Harry seems to think that they, they have a right to see what you put online. And therefore, there's more chance of people stealing your, your items today, even though they are more secured. And the, the cloud vendors such as OCI make sure that their stuff is secured. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, David, how about you? Tell us about your background about ISVs at Oracle and Oracle Cloud Infrastructure. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Um, so, you know, I've kind of been lucky. I started off, you know, straight out of university, always in the software application side of it. Kind of have been uh, fortunate to touch all the different aspects of that from, you know, doing product support, consulting and delivery through sales, marketing. And, um, and it gives me a good, uh, I think, background for what people are trying to do in this space and, and what we're trying to do to support our partners that, that honestly really are delivering those solutions. Um, here at Oracle, I've done a little bit of everything from managing, you know, platform and technology partners to, you know, having a sales role with some of our largest uh, and most strategic ISVs globally uh, to where I am now of, of running the business development and marketing for our ISV team, uh, which is really exciting because I think what, what Oracle has done here in developing a great platform for people to build world-class software on um, is really exciting now to go talk to people all over the world and, and how to actually turn that into solutions that we go and sell you know together you know to multiple end users and, and really see a difference in in the business side in particular you know with the Oracle cloud infrastructure um, or OCI as you'll probably hear me refer to it you know we had a great opportunity to, to build a platform both for Oracle and for our partners kind of at that base level is is the infrastructure that you need to build uh you know products such as applications you know data management security and everything else on um and oracle actually i i think did it right in, in what we're kind of calling our gen 2 now to where we went out and really hired people that had done this before and gave them an opportunity to, to do it over um, bring across best practices but more importantly you know now that you get access to, to newer and greater technology um, and just lessons learned how would you build you know an even you know further world-class product um, and, and it's exciting to, to really see what we're doing with that and you know, some of the things we'll talk later on and uh, you know this uh, this podcast about. Um, I think we're really delivering those benefits, uh, you know, to customers and to partners likewise. How different is managing ISVs in the age of the cloud, right? Is, is it uh, still, uh, the relationships are the same, you still do the same things? How have things changed since, uh, since we've been kind of moving everything to the cloud? Yeah, it, it actually has changed somewhat, you know, and I, and I always give one example that I think points that out, right? You can, you know, in the days of just on-premise or say you're dealing with a, a 
customer versus an ISV, you can be working with somebody in Kansas City, um, you know, and they may be supporting just, you know, the North America or English speaking markets, um, you know, and you have the ability to, you know, to just give them software that, you know, they deliver themselves to their customers. You don't have to worry about how you're managing it for them. You don't have to worry about if they built their software, you know, efficient or inefficient and, and how it uses database or, you know, processing power. It, it, it was on them in terms of cost and such. Um, you know, in the cloud, you know, that, that same person uh, sitting in Kansas City, if they're a customer, if I have a data center for you here in the U.S., you're, you're good to go. Um, if it's an ISV, Great thing is, you know, you can be large, you can be small, um, and the cloud gives you the ability to do business anywhere. Um, so these ISVs are much more demanding in terms of, you know, security. You know, we handle it different than you'll find in in Europe or in Asia. You know, they need multiple, uh, you know, geography um, depending upon their industries. Security is is massively important to them. Um, you know how they do dev and test. So, you know, the cloud is, is actually, I think, ramped it up to where you're seeing innovation much quicker. People are able to develop, you know, and enhance their solutions and the amount of new partners, you know, that are coming to market in any given, you know, year um, and, and kind of upsetting the traditional uh, providers that have been out there is, is amazing. So um, the, the cloud is truly an exciting time, time of innovation and, and one that I think is just delivering great, you know, economic benefits to, you know, to businesses who in turn, you know, are able to deliver them to their to their customers. David, Oracle Open World has just concluded its major event in our space. Was there any big news on the Oracle cloud infrastructure that you could share with us? Yeah, there were a few things. Thanks for asking that. And, and I'll try to, to be brief since Oracle Open World was, was three days and, and thousands of sessions and dozens of keynotes. Um, a lot of this is, is available on you know oracle.com as replays if folks are interested as well. Um, you know, if I kind of start, you know, with what you're hearing our executives talk about, you know, the first is I would be remiss about us not talking about autonomous, and, and I know Shield.io does as well. Um, obviously, we've had an uh, Oracle autonomous database, you know, both for transaction processing and data warehouse, but we also came out with the industry's first autonomous operating system um, for Linux. You know, and autonomous services are great, right? You know, they're actually, I think, the next phase and the next step in cloud that's going to help everybody reduce complexity and human error um, and deliver, you know, increased cost savings, security, which we'll continue to talk about. Um, and I think for partners, especially in the cloud, you know, these types of autonomous services go straight to their, you know, efficiency and their bottom line, you know, because they're managing environments, you know, for multiple customers versus, you know, an end user just doing their one. Um, so I think autonomous is going to help both from a technology and a financial standpoint, you know, and we're excited to, you know, to be leading the, you know, the charge in this area. If you kind of go into, you know, really the Oracle Cloud uh, infrastructure momentum, you know, there, there were a lot. Um, you know, we talked about just, you know, a second ago enhancements to, you know, our data cloud platform. Obviously, Oracle's known for database, so, you know, we'd be remiss in not continuing to lead, uh, you know, the industry in that area. Um, we had a lot of enhancements around security um, as that continues to be important uh, and how we actually, you know, provide that either with Oracle Direct or by working with our, our world-class partners to bring their solutions into the cloud as well. Um, 
we talked about data center expansion, you know, going out to 36 cloud regions now around the world, which I think is very important, you know, to our partners who also do business uh, internationally, you know, to be able to work with a cloud provider in a, you know, in a consistent manner is, is very important. Um, I think another exciting area is, is we released uh, what we're kind of calling the Oracle Cloud Infrastructure Free Tier. We've always given people the ability to, to go to oracle.com and, and get a free trial, you know, that was kind of time bound. Um, but we actually now came out, um, you know, with, with the new feature that we're calling always free resources, you know, where our partners and our customers can get a permanent set of things like compute, autonomous database, load balancing, and, and different versions of storage that are going to help our partners do things like, you know, running small-scale applications, you know, dev test, performing demos or proof of concepts. Um, so, again, we're, we're really trying to, to help people and, uh, you know, their bottom line and technology as well. And just because, again, when we talk about ISVs, I was very excited with what Oracle did around what we call unified billing in our cloud marketplace. We've always let our partners market their solutions you know, on the Oracle Cloud Marketplace, but we've taken it to the next step, you know, to where partners can now put their software um, on the Oracle Cloud Marketplace as well. And Oracle customers can actually provision and even buy those directly from Oracle, um, you know, and then, um, you know, buy that in a manner where they use, you know, their Oracle Universal Cloud credits to do that. Um, you know, so we're giving our ISVs additional routes to market, exposure to our customers. For those end users, we're helping them with simplified billing. Um, and I think that's going to be, you know, what people are looking for, you know, in the cloud, both as providers um, and from someone like Oracle as a, uh, as a valued and, and trusted partner as well. And one of the things that I'd really like to highlight that was exciting about what I just mentioned with our unified billing and our paid listings in the Oracle Cloud Marketplace was that Shield.io actually worked with us and was one of our you know, limited launch partners at Oracle Open World as well. So I was very pleased to work tightly with them and expand our relationship uh, and be able to bring their solution to the Oracle Cloud customers in an even easier fashion and model than they were able to gain access before. Well, sounds like some big stuff. So. Uh, let's let's stick with that idea of, uh, of big big changes in in computing and, and and particularly around this move to the cloud. And this next question could actually go to either of you gentlemen. But uh, Simon, we'll start it with you. Uh, how have these changes in business and computing, moving to the cloud, or any any other of the big kind of sweeping changes that we've seen over the last few years, created an opening for new approaches to data encryption for test dev and analytics? How's the landscape changing, and why is it? Why is it time for something new? I think, first of all, we need to step back and, and look at what the cloud is. So the cloud is a, a, a massive network. And then we have to remember that there are still a lot of large organizations as well as small ones who aren't on the cloud yet for, for various reasons and who want to be. Um, but because of their, their fear of what they've heard in the news, they're scared of coming on. Uh, and that comes down to the, the security. I don't think most people realize that actually, uh, certainly with OCI, it's, it's generally speaking a lot more secure than your own data center, as you know, Oracle spend vast amounts of money on making sure that they, they have staff just looking after security. But that's not, that doesn't get out there in, into the world that much. And so new methods have to be looked at, methods where uh, data encryption becomes the sole, sole ownership, not responsibility, sorry, but ownership of the data owner. So 
If you're putting data up into your cloud, you want to know that it's secure. You want to know that you have ownership of it. But at the same time, you don't want to have to have the worry of the management of the key stores and all the other aspects that go with that. It's, it's coming onto that autonomous operating system, the autonomous database, taking away the mundane and making sure that the security and the patches are all done for you. In this, in this instance, what we've enabled people to do in great depth, uh, thanks to, to new cloud uh, technology, is take away the, the worry of the key store, the worry of having to maintain that part of the infrastructure, while also making sure that things like the Capital One hack don't happen because a key store is open up to a specific vendor. So the cloud has enabled us to look at security with fresh eyes, enabled us to say, right, we need new ideas. What has worked before isn't necessarily going to work anymore. Coming back to what I said earlier, there are now many, many, many more people looking at data. There are many, many more people putting data up into the cloud. And there are many more regulations trying to push down on us saying you can't do this or you mustn't do this or this has to be this. And that has given us an opportunity to, to completely relook at how security, how encryption is managed within that cloud environment. And that is what we do at Shield.io. All right, so same question then to you, David. Um, big changes, uh, how, do you, how do you see that shaping up uh, in, in terms of how are those kinds of changes impacting a need for a, for a new approach to security? Yeah, and I'll echo some of what Simon said as well, right? A lot of times you saw people's force kind of dipping the toe into cloud, you know, really looking at what we would call those non-production use cases. And the easiest is, is dev and test, right? Um, you know, we all know that investing in, in large server farms and storage farms to do dev test when, you know, your developers aren't there 24 by 7 is, is, a, is a huge investment with little return, right? Um, so there were some natural things like that. People got comfortable, you know, with with things like dev and test and, you know, doing support and that in the cloud, um, you know, but quickly started to run into if, if, you know, if I can do my dev test, why can't I run production? Why can't I do if I can do demos? Why can't I run proof of concepts? Um, you know, and, and even when they started to do things like dev and test, you would find out that, you know, all of a sudden, wow, I've got my test data, um, you know, but I'm supporting a, a particular large new customer or you know a unique user case and and you tend to find out live data you know just just proved out to be better and if you were in the healthcare space even though it's not production it, it's still real data um, you know so I, I think how people got comfortable you know with security both you know with the data while it was sitting in a database how it was you know at um, in motion you know between point A to point B became very important um, and, and I think you're starting to see that now now with the adoption of not just healthcare providers, you're starting to see banks, you're starting to see, you know, government, people are getting more comfortable. And, and I agree with one other thing, you know, that Simon said, you know, people like Shield.io that focus exclusively on, on um, you know, security solutions, someone like Oracle that, you know, is also doing the same types of things and building out of these products. I think we can help people do security in a way that, you know, is a lot better than, than having a big data center where you've got to rely on people to run around and, and patch a bunch of different machines and 
worry about downtime. So um, the security side has just helped us go, you know, and, and explode in types in terms of the types of solutions and the types of use cases that are people, you know, the people are moving to the cloud. Uh, and again, I think that's, you know, real exciting times for all of us as well. So David, everything is really, it's all about speed. It's all about uh, getting it, getting information now. Enterprises today, don't have the time to spend a lot of time getting test data and building these environments. So to me, it seems like uh, it's just extending the trend. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got to be nimble, right? I think that's something we've seen in the cloud. You you see people come out of nowhere and be major players, um, again, by by being nimble and by leveraging cloud and, and are shaking up some of the established players. So um, I, I think, you know, that's now extending to everybody embracing it and, and leads to, I think, some real benefits to everybody as, as things evolve much quicker than they used to, you know, pre-cloud. Uh, Simon, how does Developer Shield ensure that developers can access and use data without it being decrypted? Yeah, so David pulled up a couple of points there on, on developers and testers. Um, real data. People using real data, and obviously now that's in the cloud and with other regulations, they have to be really careful. But real data is what's needed to be used for test, test and dev. Um, not mock data, not data that that is made up and, and put through your applications, which means you then have to take it back and do post-testing on the tested data. So what we do is we, we look at the data and we run a whole a range of algorithms on it. Um, we firstly take the original data and we morph it. We don't mask it. If you have a mask, you can take the mask off and see the original. We don't do that. We actually morph the data in the database so the original data is no longer there anymore. And then we we create patterns which enable you to search the original data. So you can search it, you can do your mathematical functions on it, but there's nothing in there which enables you to actually decrypt and bring that data back out. And that means that you're able to do your full range of testings on real data, but you're not actually ever seeing the data itself. What comes back out into the application is a view of the data that isn't real but your actual tests are being done on the real data. And that's a big difference. It means that your tests, your first round tests are always going to be correct. Your application tests, the morph data is format preserving. So if you expect a date to come back and in your application, the date will come back in your application and you can test that to be the case. If you're expecting a social security number to come back into your application, a number similar to a social security will come back in your application but you're not actually seeing the original data, which is really, really vital. While at the same time, we're making sure that you can do all the mathematical equations, all the searching on the original data, but it can never be decrypted and it can never actually be seen. And that is a big difference between us and everybody else. The amount of testing, the amount of developing that the cloud has enabled us to do, and I am a developer, and it's, it's enabled us to do things very, very quickly, very rapidly. But we still need to test these things. We still need to make sure they work before passing them out. And with Shield.io, that process is made a lot, lot easier. So it's really the missing piece in, in making the cloud infrastructure work uh, seamlessly for all these enterprises. I would obviously say, of course it is. 
without us, you shouldn't have the cloud. But I'm a little bit biased. Um, so yes, it, it's, it's that missing glue that enables you as a developer, you as a tester, you as a, a, an architect of an application to be able to say, I have a whole range of developers around the world. How can I bring them into one place without compromising my data, but giving them a data set that actually makes sense to do that testing on? And that's what Shield.io brings. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, not, not only are you getting that uh, kind of uh, filling that gap, but it's, it's very interesting. This, I, I was, as, as you're talking about this, Simon, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about this in environments I've been in where you're doing development, you're doing tests, and it, it always comes down, this, this dilemma of either the data you're using isn't real or you're subjecting yourself to some kind of risk because of the yeah. fact that, that you are using real data. That's the dilemma, right? So th what you've got here is now development and test without having to compromise on either of those two, uh, two points. And that, that's what we've gone for. Um, and it, it is very important that, that people don't compromise their data. And at the same time, they don't compromise their applications and their testing. Right. And that's been very, very difficult up until now, because how can you do that? with using real data, instantly you could be compromising it. Or how can you do that with fake data? Because now you're compromising your application and your testing, and you're going to have to go and redo it again in-house um, in a secure environment, or so-called secure environment, doubling up the cost. So what we've, what we've done, what we've been working towards, is to enable developers, enable testers like myself and my teams, to be able to actually utilize real data without ever having to see it, without ever worrying about someone's going to steal it and, and put it on the dark web at $5 a, a record. Because what they put on the dark web at $5 a record won't be anything that is recognizable as our real data. It'll be morphed, it'll be random, random stuff that's gone in there instead of the data, while not getting in the way of my testing. Right, so I think we've probably covered this, but now I'm gonna ask it explicitly since we've been talking about both Shield.io and Oracle OCI. Why, Simon, in your view, are they a fit? Why, why are these two things uh, converging here today? Oh, a whole array of reasons, but bringing it down into simple bite-sized ones. Um, firstly, Oracle is changing, um, and sorry, David, Oracle is changing, and they really are looking at ISVs to help them, to enhance to their customers what they are. And an example of that is we were one of the first 15 on the marketplace with, with the new system that David's mentioned before, um, where people can go onto OCI and use their credits to start up a, an image of our software. Um, and that, that is a real partnership. And I always say to people, a partnership is two-way. It can't just be one way. One side can't be expecting to get it. It has to, has to be bi-directional. And with what Oracle has built with OCI, with the security that Oracle has put into OCI, our added benefit to the developers and to the testers really complements that hugely. And there's a lot in OCI for security. And I do believe what Shield.io brings enables that to be complemented, enables that to be enhanced. And that is why we're very, very happy, very proud, in fact, to be part of, of the OCI marketplace. So David, uh, same question to you. How does Shield.io and Oracle OCI work from the Oracle end? Yeah, I'd echo a lot of that. I, I mean, I'd look at it though maybe slightly different, right? <laughs> I look at cloud as 
um, different but good, right? Um, I, I look at cloud as, as kind of tiered when, when you know, we at Oracle talk about it, right? You have OCI, which is just kind of our infrastructure. Um, you move into some of the more advanced platform services, you know, data management, integration, mm -hmm. you know, big data analytics. And then, you know, whether it's Oracle's or our, you know, valued ISVs, you then have applications that sit on top of that. Um, you know, and, and to me, OCI is, you know, is a great platform. Um, but it in itself is, is building blocks, right? You know, compute, network, storage aren't necessarily what an ultimate end user that we're all trying to deliver value to um, is actually going to be directly accessing it, right? So how do we get those value-added services on top of it, and then how do we make them to where everybody is comfortable, um, you know, with, with their lifeblood, which is their data? Um, and, and so I go back just as important as, you know, how fast is, is something, you know, how cost-effective is something, um, how secure is, is probably, you know, a, a bigger discussion. Um, and the more kind of quivers that Oracle can have, um, you know, around, you know, how we help people protect, you know, security and how, since when I'm talking to developers um, and ISVs, right, they are people that are building it and everything we've talked about here, I don't just have an application that, you know, that I'm maintaining, I have to support it, I have to build it, I have to test yeah. it. Um, and having a solution, you know, that is seamless across all of those areas, just delivers on that premise of the cloud of making it easier, making it agile, making it faster, um, you know, and as we continue to make it more secure and get everybody comfortable with it, it's just going to make all of us more successful. Um, and that's what's actually exciting here. Um, and as I mentioned one other time that, that I'll end with, you know, I love Oracle's approach in the cloud, you know, of embracing, um, you know, our ISVs and third-party vendors, you know, to do more with us. Um, you know, I was remiss. I didn't talk about what we did with, say, a VMware, um, you know, at, at Open World of, of certifying them on, on our stack as well. Um, you know, it's a new world, um, and Oracle embraces, um, you know, these, these companies that do, you know, these great solutions and add value, you know, ultimately to the end users and give them choice, you know, and confidence. Um, and that's that's what we're here about. I don't think there's anything more important we can talk about in the cloud, you know, than security and, and delivering on the promises of, of what we all say it's going to bring to the world. All right. Well, let's let's talk about delivering on those promises. Let's talk about security. Simon, let's let's get real here. OK, can you give us uh, an example, a specific instance where uh, Developer Shield addressed a, a real customer's needs, and I think with you know with David on the on the call here, you're also going to want to tie that into OCI probably too. So yeah, um, I won't give won't give customer names, but an an OCI customer, um, uh, another ISV in fact, uh, are taking and using Developer Shield. They currently had all their development in house because of the security concerns. Um, they're moving it now out um, to OCI um, on Autonomous Database, and they're going to be using Developer Shield to, to enable their testing, or both of the application testing um, with the data coming back, but also for the database testing itself, making sure the queries and all the rest of it work. Using Developer Shield to actually secure up their data, and this is PCI data, uh, banking data. And so you're, you're actually seeing there a, a use case of a company that was concerned about going to the cloud. Um, a lot of companies are, 
rightly or wrongly, um, and where we're able to say, well, hold on a minute, if you use this solution, if you use this methodology, then that concern can go away for you, and you can get the benefits that, that the cloud brings you. And there are huge benefits that the cloud brings organizations. And so there's, a, there's a, an example, uh, PCI bringing in all of their dev test data into the OCI infrastructure. So David, uh, what differentiates OCI and the autonomous database? Uh, I think we, you know, we've kind of talked a lot about, you know, OCI and 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 what it does from the standpoint of, um, you know, the, the promise of cloud in terms of, you know, it's faster, it's more cost effective. I think we've talked about some of, you know, the, the security aspects of it, um, you know, leadership and and you know being able to access it anywhere in the world. Um, you know, I, I think OCI is you know, is, is pretty well been discussed and just, um, you know, we have a lot of people that are using OCI that, that aren't even longtime Oracle partners. As much as it pains me to say it, they may not even be using Oracle database. Um, you know, OCI is such a strong platform for them, you know, that, you know, we've got partners that are running, you know, Microsoft SQL Server and other non-Oracle data management platforms on OCI because it is that, you know, it is that powerful and cost effective for them. Um, you know, but really, if, if we kind of go back to the second part of your question and, you know, an Oracle autonomous database, um, you know, it's really an area that, that Oracle can bring its decades long, you know, history and, and, and relevance in, you know, the, the database side of things and, and what we've done. Um, you know, and I, and I think it goes to a different level of, of the same types of benefits, right? Whether it's, you know, the cost effectiveness, you know, because of not needing the same type of, um, you know, of human resources, you know, by not having some of those, you know, resources, you may get security in, in different kinds of ways than we're talking here, right? You know, it's provisioned more accurately, you know, updates and, and patches are, are, are done when they should, you know, immediately, you know, versus waiting months or years leading to some of these vulnerabilities we see, you know, how change management is dealt with, you know, errors in the underlying, you know, hardware that it runs on, um, you know, so I think Autonomous is really delivering, you know, that next generation of, I think, what people saw when, you know, I can now rent a server in the cloud, you know, but I still had to treat it if I had a database, like it was sitting in my own data center as far, I have, as, far as how I managed it. Um, you know, Autonomous is now bringing that to the database to where you get those same, you know, types of, you know, benefits, um, you know, as you saw in some of the lying, underlying infrastructure. So as we continue to move across that and in, into all the other areas of, of those types of services and even bringing that, you know, in, into applications. I think that's where you're going to see, you know, again, you know, the value add for companies, you know, whether they're in the healthcare industry, as we just talked about it, or, or banking, um, you know, to continue to have that, um, you know, reliability of, of moving to the cloud and not just for, you know, maybe simple things like, you know, um, you know, non-mission critical, you know, but putting, you know, their HCM systems with employee data, you know, or their, their customer healthcare information or bank records in the cloud as well. Um, and I just think that's going to be important, right? It always cracks me up with banks. You know, I go to an ATM anywhere. I don't know where my money is, right? But I can access it anywhere in the world, um, you know, and, and, and some reason, you know, they're, they're a little bit scared of, of where their data sits, where when they tell me that, you know, don't worry, you can't touch your money. You know, it's, it's there. It's can safe. I, it's, um, <laughs> we're we're can delivering I, yeah, can on I, that now as well. Can I jump in on there? Because I think that's a really important point. Um, I mean, just coming on to the autonomous database, David said a lot, but it's something... He, he hasn't said until that very last moment is that 
a long time ago, um, I was always taught data is king. And data is the fundamental part of your business. And today, data is also money. It is the ATM. It's how a lot of organizations make revenue by doing analytics or doing various bits and pieces on, on the data. So the DBA's job now of managing that data is more and more important than it ever has been. And certainly, you know, the amount of data we've got now is just exorbitantly more than we've ever had in the past. Something that, that, that uh, Autonomous Database brings and something that we also try and bring is the ability not to have to manage the database and the database infrastructure and let an organization manage their data. And that's how Shield.io works with Developer Shield. Don't worry about managing the security aspect, managing the keys or worrying about where they are. It will do that. It will make any changes necessary to the data. You get on and manage the data. And that's, that really is what turned me on to Autonomous Database. It was now almost two years ago when I first saw a picture of Larry talking about it in one of the offices. And it's, I think that is really, really important that a DBA or an organization, David's mentioned small organizations, a lot of whom don't have specialist people looking after these things, is able to actually bring on a database now, bring on the security and not have to worry about how it's managed or whether a patch gets applied correctly and, and the downtimes. I think that, that really is important to organizations. Sorry, David, um, you can come in and disagree with you if you wish. No, I agree with you more and more, and um, it's a great point, right, is, is what's the definition of, of an ISV, right? It, it, it's, it's changed, and I see more and more where, you know, the, the application isn't their value add. It's the application is access to data. I don't care yeah. if it's the consumer space like Netflix, right? Um, you know, you, you're getting access to, you know, to something that's behind the application, you know, or it's how you get your credit scores, your bank records, you know, you process your insurance. Um, yeah, data is absolutely, you know, kind of, I, I think the most important, you know, aspect of it um, across all the applications. And that's, that's what's vitally important. So you got great points. Uh, thank you for so, adding so those, Simon. Yeah, look after your data. Don't worry about everything else. You look after your data. We we talked about a, a, a news story last week where actually a game, a Words with Friends, was hacked and had a whole load of details taken out of their servers, um, usernames, passwords, and the like. And the last statement we said was, you wouldn't leave a $10 note on the table for someone to take away. Why do organizations think they can do the same with their data? Because mm. data is their money. So stop worrying about the infrastructure. Pass that out to somebody. Stop worrying about the security. Make sure that you're using an application that keeps it secure for you. So when I say don't, stop worrying about it, I mean stop worrying about how you're going to manage it. Look for applications that will manage that for you and will do it properly. Test those applications. Make sure they work for you. Test those databases. Make sure they work for you. Do what you're expecting them to do. But then get on with what your role in your organization is, looking after that data, looking after the most important resource, second most important resource to your organization after the staff and customers. And that is that data around those staff and customers. It's not yours to lose. It's theirs. And it's not yours to give away. It's theirs. Make sure it's secure. Make sure you don't give it away and in turn give away money and revenue. Well, David, I would say you really got his attention with that ATM analogy. Let me tell you. Yes. Un unrehearsed, totally unrehearsed. And you know, you know what's cool about uh, uh, about that whole line of thinking. Uh, Simon is uh, listening 
listening to you talk through that. You start out with data is king. And it's like, no, the king is dead. Data is money. You could say like that. And, and you know, obviously you can make tell from my, my dulcet tones. I'm, I'm not a native Californian. Um, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people talk about our monarchy, and I'm no monarchist, but a lot of people talk about our monarchy and saying it takes away money and it does all the rest of it. They're the same as data. That's the mm. UK's data. It brings money in. And yeah, data is king. Long live the king. Well, I, I didn't think you were from, uh, I didn't think you were from California. I was, I was going to say, what part of Texas are you from if we had time? Gonna, <laughs> Good call. We're going to, we're, we're going we're gonna, to, we're going to have to move on. I, I think that's a, that's a, that's a great discussion though. We'll, maybe we'll, we'll come back and do another show just about that sometime. Data is money. I love it. Swinging it back just a little bit, Simon, to the story you told earlier. I, I think if you want to talk about in that particular context or just in general, what happens, right? What's the real, what's the uh, real impact? What, what goes on inside an organization when you deploy developer shield on a current dev test environment? What are the, what are the big changes? How does, how does life change for, for the developers, for the testers, for, for everyone involved? Okay. So the, the first thing you do is spin up an OCI instance uh, with developer shield on it. And then they take a subset of data from their live database. And that subset of data is pulled through, scrubbed, cleaned, morphed, original data taken out. Um, it's a whole load of encryption algorithms take place that can't be decrypted, but enable searching, enable mathematical functions to take place. And that process can take anything from, I don't know, depends on the size of the data set, from 30 minutes to an hour and a half, two hours, uh, if you've got a couple of billion rows data set. Once you've got that in place, that database is then ready to be utilized. Uh, you go through, you call your application, uh, generally through our REST API running on the, the image inside Oracle Cloud. And you call that data, you, you go onto it as you would normally do with any other application. If you wanted it directly, then you can download our driver directly and call the, uh, the database through that. Uh, but you, you take a subset, it does everything for you, and you go and start testing as if it was the live data. Well, Simon, that is definitely going to make a real difference for a lot of developers. Yeah, we try and make it simple, and that's, that's why I jump on the term autonomous from, from Oracle there, the autonomous Linux platform, the autonomous database. David's mentioned autonomous applications coming out, the sooner the better. Taking, taking complexity away from users and allowing users to get on with what they should be doing, whether that user's a developer, whether that user's a tester, whether that user's the head of HR and payroll on an ERP system. Um, they do not want to be having to worry about all the complexity of how systems work and integrate and, and are managed. They just want to get on and do their job. One of the biggest hurdles to security has been people. And it's not because people are bad, because generally speaking, people aren't. It's because people need to get their job and, and us in the security industry and the IT industry have got in their way and haven't allowed them to do their job because we've made it too complex. And this is where we're, we're coming forward with, with Developer Shield to make it simple, to make it effective for people, not to have to worry about it, it just does it. And then let them get on and do their job. Well, that's great. Uh, Simon and David, I uh, wanna thank you both for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Well, that is going to have to do it for this edition of The World Transformed. My thanks to Ron Powell and our special thanks once again to our guests, Simon Bain and David Hicks, for being with us. And thank you all for listening. You know, we do this show for you and we can't do it without you.
hope that you will join us as we continue to explore a future that is unfolding in unexpected ways and at a breathtaking pace. And until next time, live to see it. To learn more about Developer Shield, visit shieldio.com. To learn more about Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, visit oracle.com slash cloud. To learn more about this program, visit worldtransformed.com. Thank you all for listening. Thank you.